Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 27, and our scripture passage for today is Deuteronomy 29. Well, we're getting close to the end of the book, and Moses is getting close to the end of his earthly journey. It will not be long until he will take his flight from this life, make his own personal echodas, his exodus, and to be present with the Lord. But before that, God has something else for Moses to do with the people, and that is to make a land covenant with them. Now, in some Bibles, you're going to read about the Palestinian covenant. That is a misnomer. There's no such thing as the Palestinian covenant in the Bible. Why? Because Palestine was not even in existence during this time. Palestine, as we would call it, did not come about until the 130s. It had been at least 100 years since the substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and his ascension back to the Father that Hadrian, the Roman emperor, after the Bar Kokhba revolt of the 130s, named all of the area that we call Israel and Syria today, Palestinia. That was to mock and ridicule the Jewish people and to name the land after their arch enemy, the Philistines. Now, remember, as I have told you before, that Palestine is our English way of saying Philistine. It's the old word Palushti, which means the people from beyond. The modern day Arabs have no claim whatsoever to what is called Israel in the Bible. Neither did the Philistines. They once dwelt there, but that was the land of promise to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And so just keep that in mind. God said, I'm going to make a covenant with you besides the one in addition to the one that I made with you at Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. That is, the Mosaic Law had been summarized in the chapters up to this time, but now God is making a covenant with the people that are standing before him and saying, I'm going to give you this land just like I promised your fathers, and I want you to remember how good I have been to you. Again, you just need to refer to how many times God talks about remembering something. How God's saying you need to be reminded of this lest you forget it. And this is why over and over again, we have to repeat the truths of God's word. I have often talked with pastors of praise and worship and with pastors who think they have to come up with something new all the time. It's always got to be a new song. It's always got to be a new something. Well, it really doesn't have to be. I love to tell the story. For those who know it best, for they seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. Well, that's true for all of us who know the story, God's story, his wonderful plan of redemption. God said to them, 
on this occasion. I have walked with you through the wilderness. I have led you. Now, this is amazing. The people chose to go into the wilderness, and God chose, even in their years of rebellion and chastisement, that he would walk with them. Aren't you amazed at the grace and the mercy of Almighty God on a daily basis? His mercies are new each morning, morning by morning, new mercies mercies we see. And so God said, I have led you for 40 years in the wilderness. Now listen to this. He said in verse 5, your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. Now that doesn't mean that they wore the same sandals no matter what their size as a 10-year-old and then going to a 50-year-old, not at all. What it's saying is the clothes didn't wear out, the shoes didn't wear out, they were just passed around from one to the other. And God made them to last. And God does that when we need that. He doesn't always do that, but he did it for these people. Why? Because that was part of his plan. You see, God is so much in charge that even when we are not aware of it, he is in charge. And the scripture says, you have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink. For 40 years, they ate manna. Manna means what is it? They went out every morning and they went out and gathered the manna and they made all kinds of uh, dishes out of that. And it's miraculous. Sometimes I will watch a documentary on one of the uh, evolution channels, as I call them, always trying to uh, explain away the great miracles of God and, and answer them with natural phenomena. Well, you're going to have a lot of problem answering about the manna. You can listen to all of the documentaries you want to, but somebody's going to have to answer for me, not just what it could have been, but why it only came six days a week and then just stopped all of a sudden and then started back on the first day of the week. And someone's going to have to explain to me why on the sixth day that there was a double portion instead of just a normal day's portion. It would seem to me that this may be the hand of the supernatural. You see, if God's word is true, and it is, then we have to take it. We can't just take the parts we like and the parts that we can't explain, do away with. We have to take it as God's word. And God fed them for 40 years. Sometimes God would lead them for a good ways and then they would stop. Sometimes they would stay in a place for a good while and then they would move on. But God gave them water in the desert to drink. As a matter of fact, on one of those occasions, it it caused such problems with Moses and his disobedience to God that he is not going to get to go into the promised land. God recounted to them next about how that he gave them Og and Sihon, Sihon king of Heshbon, and then Og of Bashan, and gave all of that land east of the Jordan to the two and a half tribes that stayed over there. He went through all of this because, you see, the people had been living on that eastern bank now for so very long, and now God was about to take them over. 
And it says in verse 19, And so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard can be included with the sober. You see, God says, now I've been telling you about obedience and disobedience, and I have made very clear what brings the blessing of God and what brings the curse of God. And someone might come along to you and may, in fact, say, you know, I just believe if I do this or I live this way or I do this or that, that, you know, I feel good about it because I have peace. I often hear people say, well, peace is the last thing I look for. Well, let me tell you more than your own peace, which you can deceive yourself as the word of God. Because you see, you can have false peace. You can have false feelings, but the word of God is not false ever. So when God says do something, it doesn't matter what you feel. God is always right and you need to follow God. And so that's what that's all about. And then it says in verse 29, I want to end here today, but listen to me very closely. Now, if you read chapter 29 and verse 29 in the New King James Version of the Bible, here's what it says. And other things are pretty much like it. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Now, if you look at that verse very closely, you'll see that it says the secret, and then in italics is the word things belong to the Lord our God. And the word secret is the word for something that's concealed or the things that are concealed, the things that are covered up, the things that are hidden. That's what that word means in the Hebrew text. And so if you read that like that, just state those words, it says, again, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Well, if you just take out the italics words, the things that are not in the text, it would read the secret to the Lord our God. What is he saying? Those things that are concealed, that God has not told us about, that God has kept hidden, those belong to God and are hidden in the heart of God. But then it says, those which things are, and then revealed, and then belong, it says in your text, if you're reading, things which are, and then belong, are all in italics. In other words, those words are put in there to help us understand the meaning. But sometimes in the effort to try to help us to understand the meaning, the meaning itself is convoluted and obfuscated. And so he says, but those revealed to us and to our children, however, that we may do all the words of this law. So let me read this to you in just the way that it's written. The concealed things, those things that God has kept hidden, those things that he's not revealed, they belong to Hashem, to the Lord our God. Why? Because he is God. But those that are revealed, those things that he's revealed to us, they belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. What is he saying? He's saying, Some things God doesn't tell us. That's his right and prerogative and privilege. After all, he's God. He doesn't have to tell us everything. Oftentimes people say, well, why didn't God tell us that? 
You can't handle it. And he knew that if he told you that, then it would not be good for you. God is going to reveal that which is helpful to us, which is good for us, which will aid us in walking in holiness. And so God doesn't tell us everything there is to know about everything there is to know. But what he has hidden belongs to him. What he's given to us, what he has revealed to us, God has given us on purpose for a purpose so that we'll walk in obedience to him. Don't worry about what you don't know. Believe me, God's already showed us enough that we can do to please him, to walk with him. He's given us everything we need that pertains to righteousness and godliness and fellowship so that we can walk with him. Don't be so concerned about those things that God has not revealed. Those things are all speculation anyway. No, rather, spend your time walking in the Word of God. That's what He's revealed, what we have in the Bible. And whatever those things are, we need to grab hold of those because those things are most assured they're going to happen. They are exactly going to happen the way that God said they're going to happen. And what He's given us to do as far as walking with Him in obedience That's what we need to do. So the things that are concealed belong to God. They're still in his hand. But whatever he's revealed to us, those things are things that we need to get on with and not only in our own lives, but teach to our children that they can walk in the way of the Lord as well. This is the summary of Deuteronomy. This is the heartbeat of it is for not only for you and for me to do what we need to do, you and I are responsible for our ourselves. But the reality is we have a responsibility and an accountability to pass on whatever it is that God's given to us to our children, first of all, and to our grandchildren, to those closest to us, and then let God widen our sphere of influence. You see, if every man would just do whatever is in his hand to do with those that he loves the most, those that are around him, those that he cares for, that doesn't mean they're always going to do what we want them to do, say what we want them to say, but it is our responsibility, and we're held accountable by God to teach the way of truth to the next generation. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.